You're listening to Connecting the Universe from Mike Ricksecker and ConnectedUniversePortal.com. And we're live. Welcome, everybody, to Connecting the Universe special live stream edition, or I should say special simulcast edition for tonight, streaming live out there, not only on our usual Connecting the uh, Connected Universe portal platform, where we do the Connecting the Universe class, but also out there on the Mike Ricksecker YouTube channel and the Connected Universe portal Facebook page. So uh, we do these every once in a while. Uh, to kind of give you guys a little taste of what we do during the Connecting the Universe class. But, um, you know, the uh, the road trip that we just had exploring the American Southwest uh, was, was quite public. <laughs> a lot of you guys are following along on the different social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and all that. And so I wanted to go ahead and just do the recap right here live in several different places. So um, I see uh, the YouTube side, uh, Jill Nemchinsky's in the house, professional paranormal research, Sylvain is down there. Fantastic, great to see all of you. So uh, just get a couple formalities here out of the way. Of course, first of all, welcome to the secret library of the connected universe. For those listening to the podcast version of this later, I do invite you to join us every Wednesday night live at 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time, the ConnectedUniversePortal.com for the full class. So uh, what they're seeing out here this evening out on uh, YouTube and uh, the other places where we're simulcasting this, of course, Connected Universe Portal, you know, is our weekly class, but it contains like all the, uh, you get to see the video clips, the slide presentation, all that wonderful stuff that, of course, you don't usually hear on the podcast. So for the Connected Universe portal, uh, it's a 30-day free trial. I do challenge you to take in all that information within 30 days, but not only do you get this class, you get sneak peek behind the scenes videos of all the different projects that are going on, monthly Q&A videos, exclusive articles, insider video blog so you're going to you're going to get snippets of that this evening but you'll get the full thing within the portal uh, it includes ancient egypt more coming up here with the america southwest as well ireland so much more connecteduniverseportal.com and those that are already members get the app just uh pop on your phone go to the website on the community section you'll see the download there for the app and you'll get all the notifications of when everything goes live so all right Let's go ahead and get right into this class question for this evening. And I see uh, others have, have popped in. There's there's Jen, Crow email. Uh, thank you. Of course, uh, Sylvain and Jill and others are joining. So that's fantastic. 
So class question for this evening, I can get down here to my photos. Here we go. What's one secret from the mysterious American Southwest you would like to have answered? Tom McNicholas answered, uh, the Lost Dutchman Mine. He says, I had the pleasure to visit the superstitious, superstitious mountains and would like to know if they ever found it. Uh, currently, no, they still haven't found it. There's a number of different locations where that gold is rumored to be. And no, they have, uh, they've never found that. And so that's one of the big mysteries and legends uh, of those mountains. Victoria Monday asks, did you find evidence of the ant aliens? Well, Victoria, my co-host is from Edge of the Rabbit Hole when we used to do that show. We're going to cover that uh, this evening. And uh, that's out there at uh, Montezuma as well. I have some uh, video footage from that as well that uh, will be uh, displaying this evening. I uh, do want to quickly mention, almost forgot, uh, a couple of things coming up here. One is the uh, Bell Mansion uh, Connecting the Universe event, where it's basically it's four full-fledged presentations, uh, a number of different things like Stargates of Ancient Egypt, Triangle Areas of the World, uh, we get into the Matrix of Consciousness, a lot of great things. It's at the Bell Mansion in Fort Wayne, Indiana on June 10th. You can uh, hit my website to find out more information about that. Tickets are also out there on Eventbrite. And also next year's Egypt tour. At this point next year, this time next year, we will be back in Egypt, Stargates of Ancient Egypt 2. So uh, you can find that. It's out there at We Travel, but again, you can uh, find that through my website and social media and all that stuff. All right. So Egypt and Bell Mansion aside, actually, we drove by Fort Wayne on the way out <laughs> for the Bell Mansion event. Uh, but most of this journey, we were traveling along Old Route 66. And this is actually a, uh, a picture of that just outside Fort Reno, which is El Reno, Oklahoma. So uh, we had just to kind of start the journey, uh, Mineral Springs Hotel, Alton, Illinois, visited Dave and Donna Nunnally. Uh, at the It's Raining Zen shop, had lunch with them, bought a bunch of stuff uh, from them, which was absolutely fantastic. Then uh, headed further west, visited uh, a couple of my kids in Oklahoma. And then uh, first night was Amarillo, but we had to stop by uh, Old Route 66. So we kind of weaved in and out of Old Route 66 uh, throughout a lot of this journey. And for those that are familiar with the uh, with the story of the ghostly vagabond along Route 66, it's down this road between El Reno and Weatherford, uh, Oklahoma, where that ghostly vagabond is seen a lot. No, we didn't see him, and no, we didn't travel down that uh, stretch of Route 66. Uh, it's kind of interesting because as you're traveling Oklahoma and Texas, you, know, you got... Uh, I-40 right there, and right on uh, on the right-hand side is Old Route 66 running parallel uh, with the highway. So it's kind of cool uh, to see that. But really, our first major stop along the way was Roswell. This was really kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing, uh, trying to figure out, okay, what are we going to see along the way? We talked about yeah, maybe Sedona. Uh, we want to do the, the Montezuma stuff, uh, the the well and the castle. But 
how how to go about getting into that area. And that particular night, as we were uh, heading into Amarillo, Jen was like, why don't we hit Roswell? And it's like, I've always wanted to do Roswell. So we looked at the map and how that would all work out. And so we ended up doing like this, uh, you know, kind of almost this dip, this almost like horseshoe type of a, uh, of a path down. Cause we went 40 then down all the way to Las Cruces, New Mexico, and then back up past Sedona. We didn't have time to stop in back up to 40 and then across our ultimate goal was Vegas. Uh, Jen had, a conference there in Vegas that we had to get to, but we made a road trip out of it and uh, hit a bunch of stuff along the way. And there's Tom McNicholas, super chat, superstar. He threw down a $10 super sticker. So thank you very, very much for that. My good friend, Tom, much appreciated. All right. So we pull into Roswell. This is the mural there on the building that houses the, uh, the museum and research center. So, I uh, actually don't have video from this. <laughs> so, but I have a bunch of photos. And uh, so there's there's Jen and I inside with the uh, with the aliens. And they have a, uh, you know, they have a pretty cool setup. Um, you know, they have a lot of great information about, uh, you know, all the uh, material that was found. Of course, the way that the uh, government tried to pass off the uh you know the wreckage as a weather balloon so they have some really really nice displays they have artifacts from the uh, radio station that was there and of course they have things on ancient aliens uh, so i'm not going to you know throw all the photos out here because you know, i want you guys to go there and to actually see it for yourselves uh, they have a lot of wonderful stuff there and uh, there's a couple other spots there too uh you know that we visited one was you know kind of a almost like a walkthrough, almost like a uh, spooky, haunted, you know, theme house sort of, of a thing. They had another, it was a VR, uh, virtual reality uh, sort of setup, which, you know, that, that bugs out Jen's eyes, so we didn't do that. But what's pretty cool about the town is they've really kind of embraced the whole alien thing. So as you drive around, you see alien stuff everywhere. You see uh, businesses that are named after you know, aliens or extraterrestrials, or they have it in their signage and things like that. So it's a really, really cool little town. And shirt I'm wearing tonight is uh, from Roswell. I don't know how well you can see it, but um, yeah, so we had a lot of fun there, uh, just kind of poking around a little bit and seeing what they had. And um, of course, yeah, I had to, had to point out the ancient aliens thing, of course. So uh, as we were driving away, kind of the irony of it all, um, you know, posting some photos and, and all that on social media after we left Roswell. And uh, my friend, Brittany Barbieri, uh, hits me up and says, wait, where are you? <laughs> like, yes, I was in Roswell. And apparently, unbeknownst to me, uh, at the time that we were there, uh, she was down there with Ben Hansen and some others, and they were doing an archaeological dig site uh, at one of the old sites one of the old wreckage sites uh, to see what they might be able to dig up. She ended up posting uh, photos of that on her social media. So definitely check that out and be interested to learn uh, what they may have actually discovered 
out there. Uh, but yeah, kind of ironic that they were also the, out there at the exact same time and uh, just miss them because they ended up going to uh, the museum. I guess it was was later that day. So I I, I know I saw some of the photos of them in the uh, uh, at the museum. So that was Roswell, and really some of these locations were kind of you know hit and run. We were there for a little while, check out some stuff, spend some time, and then boom, had to be off because we did have to get to uh, Las Vegas at a specific time for Jen's conference. So from there, um, you know our route because we wanted to get to uh, you know Montezuma's castle and well. So it brought us down south through Las Cruces, New Mexico, which I was out at Las Cruces about a year and a half ago for a conference and fell in love with uh, a restaurant down there. We'll get to that in a moment. But passing through, you have to go through uh, Alamogordo and White Sands. Unfortunately, didn't have time to stop off and see my aunt and uncle because this was Again, really last minute. We just figured it out the night beforehand. And so it's like, ah, sorry, Uncle Tom and Aunt Ann. <laughs> We're driving through. Some of you may have seen the big pistachio thing. World's largest pistachio we took a photo with, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but White Sands, uh, absolutely amazing, absolutely beautiful. This is like nature's Zen garden. Um, you know, beautiful white sand, very soft, very fine. You just you know, sit there and play with it. It's very soothing, very relaxing. Uh, kids go out there with sleds and go sledding down the dunes uh, like they would snow. Uh, it's, it's pretty wild. So I do have a video clip on this for you guys. Back here at White Sands, I was out here a year and a half ago on my own. Jen is out here with me this time. It's actually her trip. <laughs> I'm the tag along this time. Um, but on our journey westward through Oklahoma City, through Roswell, then uh, now we're in White Sands. We're headed up to Tucson this evening. We're going to hit Montezuma's Well, the, uh, the Montezuma's Castle, the Verde Valley just before the Sedona area on our way up to Vegas eventually for her, for her conference that she has. But White Sands is just, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love it out here. And we seem to have lost the uh, the audio on that. Not sure what really happened there. Um, at least I couldn't hear it on my end, so I assume that you guys lost it on your end as well. But you know, basically, when we when we're looking at White Sands, there, um, you know, you're looking at an area that during the last ice age actually had a lot of water. I mean, it's an old it's an old lake bed. Um, you know, there was a lot of vegetation. There were a lot of animals there. We're talking you know, only really about 10,000 years ago, you know, the, the climate can change in a heartbeat like that very, very quick. Uh, I know we look 10,000 years, that's a long time in the grand scheme of the history of the earth. 10,000 years is like nothing, especially when talking dinosaurs were what, 65 million years ago, 10,000 years ago is not all that long. And, um, yeah, I mean, human beings were around there at that at that time too. So this is a very uh, interesting site, especially with how white that that sand can get. Uh, so we really only had I don't know maybe like an hour there, and then uh, and then we took off took off from there 
And yeah, Jen's let me know that. Yeah, the audio went out. Not sure where that happened. I didn't really have time to verify all my clips after I got done rendering them uh, earlier because I only had <laughs> basically doing that up until this, uh, this show started. So uh, in any case, I will have all of that footage out on the Connected Universe portal uh, within the next few weeks or so. <laughs> I keep saying that stuff about Egypt too, and all that newer Egypt footage is going to get up there too. Uh, something that I did neglect kind of skipped it real quick which i don't know why it escaped my mind but as we came out of amarillo before we got to roswell this is what i was going to start with but um we passed through clovis new mexico and there's really not a whole lot there but it was kind of an important site, and it was a site of great debate for a long time. So I do have a video clip on that. Uh, again, this is before we got to Roswell. So uh, Mineral Springs, Alton, Illinois, Oklahoma City, Amarillo, Clovis, then Roswell, then White Sands. So just giving you the order the correct way here. Okay, I know it doesn't look like much. This is, We're just out in Clovis, New Mexico, right across the border from uh, Texas. But the significance of this really is that for um, many, many years, Clovis, the, what they call the Clovis culture, was deemed uh, like the first original civilization in North America. So everything from here was, um, you know, that's where the other uh, Native American civilizations descended down from. Um, and that was debated on for years, but there is this uh, stigma for decades and decades and decades called Clovis first. There's been a lot of evidence over the years that has stated that's not true anymore, but there's still like this really staunch uh, segment of the community that says, no, it was still Clovis first, even though you're finding down in South America, um, you know, 20, 40,000 years old when this was you know, like around 15,000 years that around that time frame, uh, you know, there's uh, uh, some remains that were found in the San Diego area that are like 120,000 years old. But yet there are still people that say Clovis first, but it wasn't still very historic and important, but not first. Our history is much, much older. Yeah, so I had posted on my social media a photo that Jen had taken of me out in this field. Hashtag not Clovis first uh, and give you the numbers here is uh, 13 and a half thousand years ago, approximately uh, what they found there were uh, stone and bone tools, you know, human made in close association with uh, with fauna and uh, mammoths, you know, indigenous to that era. So that's kind of how they dated that. Uh, and basically, it was it was the oldest stuff that they had come across up to that point. And since then, uh, you know, decades later, there are other things that were found. Basically, what where the hangup was was the idea that uh, all humans into the Americas came across the Bering Land Bridge, but they wouldn't have been able to filter south until the uh, the ice packs had melted down enough for them to come on down, which, you know, fits with the Clovis timeline in that area. 
so when they started finding remains like in South America that were more around, you know, 40,000 years old, people were like, no, that can't be possible because they couldn't have gotten down that far in that time. But then other places like San Diego area, 120,000 years ago, it's like, okay, something else happened. There's a lost segment of our history. Uh, so still, it, you know, Clovis is an important part of the story, but not first. All right. So Clovis, Roswell, White Sands. From White Sands, we hit Las Cruces. And in Las Cruces is a fantastic restaurant that I've enjoyed. Been in that area twice. I've eaten there four times. It's called Double Eagle. And it's actually an old hacienda that is in Old Town Mesilla that's at the very southern edge of Las Cruces just before you get to Mexico. In fact, this little area here was the uh, last bit of land that was added to the continental United States. So uh, you know, this had been a part of Mexico. It was incorporated into the continental United States. And that was that was it. And, and our, uh, you know, 48 here uh you know was permanent the restaurant itself is supposed to be haunted uh very beautiful restaurant very ornate very haunted as well uh in this particular room here they have uh actual photographs uh, not just like modern you know, orb type of stuff, you know, they have actual like historic photos, you know, of an image of somebody in that room that's kind of ghostly transparent, um, you know, while other people are eating in that particular room. So, um, yeah, and Jen is saying the ghostly places don't want to be seen. Uh, you know, it's just, it's almost like a weekly thing, though. Yeah, I always seem to come across there's some photos that just disappear on me as I start the presentation. It's driving me nuts. So absolutely fabulous, fabulous location. I highly recommend it if you get down into that area. From there, we headed up northward. Next day, uh, headed up to Montezuma's castle. They call it a castle. It's not really a castle. It's, uh, you know, these are cliff dwellings. But, uh, and also, I should say that um, you know, Montezuma was never here. <laughs> it was misnamed many moons ago. It's based off of, uh, there's a lake in the area called uh, Montezuma Lake. Uh, but it was when this area was first um, becoming inhabited, I guess you would say, by the, the English, for lack of a better term. Um, they, for whatever reason, thought that uh, these were Aztec ruins and then, you know, named it after Montezuma, the, the, uh, the famous Aztec leader. And they were incorrect when they did that, but the name stuck. So let me go ahead and play you the uh, video clips here. Back at Montezuma's castle, which is not a castle and Montezuma was never here. It's a cliff dwelling and it's named for the nearby lake, which is Montezuma Lake. But uh, what's interesting about this place, at least to me, is that it's right downstream from Montezuma's well. So given the origin stories of that area, those peoples 
would have migrated down this way following the flow of the river. So uh, also the idea that the energy from that area would have come right down here to feed the people here as well. So their origins always coming back to, uh, to nourish them energetically here as well. Another fantastic feature about this site is that these walls, these fantastic cliff faces, are actually made of limestone. And of course, being right against the water, you have a chance here for a lot of energy to be built up. Of course, we see uh, the limestone structures in Egypt. Of course, one of the things when we talk about uh, the Mineral Springs area along the Mississippi River, Again, you have limestone bluffs and then the water and all of that energy there creating a lot of different types of uh, activity. So this is uh, definitely a draw for those people coming from where they did at the well, their experiences that they had uh, with that origin story, with those energies that they were harnessing. And they were doing it right here with the limestone as well. Yeah, so... The castle is an interesting area, just the way that they were utilizing the the cliff there. Of course, they had access to the the river. Uh, it's, an, it's a nice area, beautiful area for a walk. You have the nice trees and, and everything there. It's about four or five miles down from the well area. I will say this. Don't let Google try to show you how to get from the castle to the well. It had us go um, up one exit too far and then come back down this crazy dirt road. I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, because it, otherwise, if you get off on you know the previous exit, you could take a regular road all the way up there. So no idea why it sent us that way, but it, it did. Part of the adventure. There are a number of things that we kept saying were, part of the adventure so the uh the castle area would have been a later feature uh built in than the well so coming from the south you're kind of doing them a, a little backwards uh chronologically although the castle is probably more popular because you have the you know the wonderful cliff dwellings and all that, they used to actually allow people to climb up into there. You know, they would have ladders and you could climb up in. They don't allow that anymore. Another th interesting thing that is there is they have this diorama that's there, and even the diorama itself is historic because of how old it is, which basically shows um, you know what they believe that the people that lived there would have been doing inside their home because that's what it was it was a home and one of the interesting things that i discovered looking at the diorama if you look on the right hand side might be a little difficult to view on your device that's okay i'll zoom in on it there's a bowl there and what's on the bowl ah there's swirls there are swirls there yeah we know how I like my spiral patterns and my swirls. We will come back around to that here in a little while when we get to uh, Chaco Canyon. So, but let's move on up to the well, which we call it a well. Really, it's, well, they say it's a sinkhole that's been filled in by water. Well, that's not what the 
legends are. That's not the the history that's been passed on. The oral history from um, from the Native Americans, uh, the the Zuni of the area, and this is where uh, we have stories from um, Clifford Muhudi, who's no longer with us, uh, about this area that are really really interesting. And Victoria's original question about the uh, the ant people. That's where this comes into place. Let me go ahead and play the video clip from this. Back here at Montezuma's well. I always find this place interesting. There's fascinating legends associated with it. Of course, you can see the cliff dwellings uh, right into the walls, um, similar to Montezuma's castle. So definitely obvious relationship between here and the castle site. Of course, the legends are that those peoples uh, originated from here. Now, and just pop out of the ground here, although in a way they did, in that when the great cataclysm happened. It seems like the audio cut out again. Hmm. Not sure what's going on. There must be uh, something weird going on with uh, Adobe Premiere today when I, uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to, well, no, because I have no way to fast forward through. <sighs> well, that's disappointing. So I'll tell the story then. I, I know the story. It's just nicer to have the on-site footage uh telling the story so um yeah yeah jen saying stream new York doesn't like me tonight yeah i don't think it's that i i think it's the um the recording so and actually it's perfectly fine what i recorded uh on the phone footage i think it was whatever the rendering happened with premiere so i think it was premiere that uh, that screwed it up in any case let me go ahead and bring up the photos in and I will tell the story. So um, you know, basically what's going on here is you have the story of, um, you know, the ancient cultures. And that basically it's a cat, it's a cataclysm story. Like we hear, um, you know, from all over the world where, you know, you are having, you know, the great flood, you know, the great flood um, that you find in all cultures. And you had peoples in the areas that were, fleeing for their lives. So where the ant people come in. This used to not be filled up. Uh, all those thousands of years ago, it was a hole in the ground in which these quote-unquote ant people lived. When this cataclysm happened, the ant people took in the humans that were basically running for their lives and housed them down there for a long period of time in you know, this is something that we find in other cultures, uh, like uh, Derinkuyu out in uh, Turkey and some of the, those other uh, massive locations that have all these underground tunnels and chambers and you know, where people actually lived. And so they stayed down there for a time. And then when it was deemed safe again, they went back up and they settled the land. Now you can see you know, cliff dwellings here as well. If you look all the way in the uh, left-hand side, you can see a couple cliff dwellings there. Uh, there are also uh, where I was shooting that video from. There were a couple behind me. Uh, and then when you go uh, down the hill and next to the river, same river that goes down to the castle, uh, you have this you know, wonderful little path and the rock faces. The rock faces are important here. Um, just looks like jagged rocks coming down to the river, but it's a little bit more than that because actually you find some silver 
mixed in with the rock. Now, this is important because, you know, we're talking, again, you know, the, the area is limestone. You have water. When we see like limestone and water, we usually have like amped up uh, energy. A lot of people say they experience, you know, supernatural activity in those areas. Well, the silver is another conductive metal. So this is an area that's going to be even more amplified with energy. And so this is when we start talking about, uh, or people want to know, okay, why is there a vortex in the, in this area? Why are these, you know, some of these areas, uh, you know, triangle areas, why are there portals, uh, in this particular area? And it's because of, uh, different metals and minerals being within a certain area as that uh, energy wells up through the ground from the earth's core that magnetism it interacts with these different metals and minerals and they they interact with each other as well so that's why you have some of these different areas that are amped up with energy and that's why it would be more attractive to these ancient peoples because they're like a lot more in tune with these different energies they may not have known all the science behind um, you know, how different metals and minerals will interact with each other. They may have, <laughs> but, um, you know, like our chemistry and things like that, that we have today, they might not have known all of that, but they knew this is an energetic area. And so Montezuma, Montezuma's well, definitely very energetic. And then once those peoples came out of the well, they populated the area like the castle and and what have you so um yeah tom never drink from the wells that that's another thing about uh the the well thank you for that um so yes this is very toxic actually um we don't really know why except for whatever other minerals may be within the ground there's arsenic in this lake and things like that there's only five species of animals that live here and they're all just like original to this uh this well like you know there's like a specific type of leech and and things like this um because the water's so toxic so other life forms do not live within it like you're not going to go fishing there another interesting thing about this quote-unquote well is that they have no idea how far down it goes so you know the legends uh talk about how uh, anytime that you try to enter into the well, uh, the the forces are going to push you back out, that you're not going to be able to re-enter this sacred area. Well, that's true, uh, because any probe that has been sent down there gets pushed back out. Any humans who have tried to dive down into there, they, they can't. They get to a certain point, and they get pushed back up. Uh, there is a force through that water that pushes things back out. So they have no idea how far down it goes. All right. So from the well, this is kind of where we had our more, um, you know, we kind of stepped away from the, the more esoteric things. We got back onto Route 66. Uh, we hit Mr. D's there in, um, oh, shoot, what was the name of the town, Jen? Kingman. Uh, and what's interesting is, you know, I posted this and our friend uh, Nicole Nemo, who's been a part of the Connected Universe uh, portal before, uh, 
message message just commented on the photo like you know are you kidding me i guess she grew up there and used to go to mr d's all the time so um so apparently and did not enter the restrooms that particular day apparently they're themed uh the the ladies bathroom is supposed to be themed uh marilyn monroe and the the men's bathroom elvis but uh you know good you know good classic diner good food uh very that they another place has really embraced route 66 that whole strip there is all route 66 stuff so from there we headed on to vegas uh for for jen's conference uh you know we did we did walk around a little bit checked out a few things uh you know had some fun did not gamble uh and we saw david copperfield so uh that was very cool i'd always wanted to see david copperfield uh it was a great show and what was really kind of um, ironic about his particular show, it's, you know, he's telling a story as he's doing his you know, different illusions and things like that, and his team's doing everything. Um, and that is his primary story, for one, featured Roswell, which we had just been, and two, featured time travel, of which is the topic of my book that I'm finishing off right now that I'm going to be publishing here very soon. So it was like, are you kidding me? Really? Okay. <laughs> Just the irony of it was very cool. And um, yeah, I mean, we got, he's he's very interactive with the audience. He, he brings people up on stage. He walks out to the audience. Um, you know, we were like within two feet from him at one point. Um, very cool. And then um, probably the thing that was, well, two things that were really mind-blowing. One um, was the car that just appeared out of nowhere. Um, and then the other one was the uh, the UFO that just was suddenly above our heads. Um, you know, I mean, the lights went off for like a second. And then all of a sudden, you know, they went back up and poof, here's, you know, the UFO you know, solid object, you know, it's like I could reach out and touch the thing. It was like right there. Um, so how they got, basically it was like, you know, glorified drone or whatever, but you know, the illusion is of course, you know, how did it just suddenly get there? Um, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. It was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we did our thing in Vegas and, uh, on the way out, we stopped off at Hoover Dam. So what I'm going to throw out here for uh, photos, people have been wondering about the water level out there. I was out there at Hoover Dam just over three years ago because I had an event in Vegas. It was a Shockfest Film Festival 2019, November 2019. And on the way out, I went to Lake Mead uh, and Hoover Dam and then Chaco Canyon. So we kind of <laughs> redid that part. Um, and so this is, uh, Lake Mead 2019 and this is Lake Mead was just a few days ago now. What was it? Saturday. <laughs> and you can see, yes, it is, it is further down, uh, than it was three years ago. Now you see the, uh, the very dark top there of that Island, um, that's, that's part that's never been touched by uh, Lake Mead itself. So all the lighter part is um, 
is what the water has has touched. And you can see that from its height, it's come down a lot and has come down uh, considerably over the last uh, over the last three years. And we go to the dam. I don't have quite the same angle on these photos, uh, but you can see the water is down here too. And same thing where the darker part has not been touched by the river, where the lighter part has been. So definitely down a lot from its height, but also down from uh, where it was three years ago. And, you know, of course there's, you know, there's a major concern there of how much water is being used. I mean, that's Lake Mead is a man-made lake. It, it exists because of the Hoover Dam. And they use a lot of that water up in Vegas, which is a city that is grown exponentially and keeps expanding. So, you know, at some point, you know, th there's going to be a breaking point. You know, at, at what point do they actually literally start running out of water up there? They're in the middle of the desert. You need water. Um, and it's kind of also one of the things that and Jen and I talked about this along the way. Um, when we talk about population and expansion where do people go and you know some people try to say well you know, you've got all of this land out there you can fit you know all these people out and all this available land etc cetera, etc cetera. it's like yeah but there's some places that either you're not going to want to live or two you just are not going to be able to and like we drove through a lot of countryside just like desert land where it's like sure technically you could stuff people in here, but um, for one, it's you know kind of forbidding, blah, nasty, desert-type land that's, well, you, your first issue is going to be water. So kind of a, a bit of an aside there. But um, so yeah, so it was it was really wild to see how much the water had come down. But that aside, um let's let's run the video clip here hello keepers of the connected universe I'm on top of the humor humor <laughs> yes it's very humorous i'm on top of the hoover dam uh, of course you can't see the dam you can only see the bridge behind me because i'm on top of it so we'll try to do this yeah see <laughs> it's a, a magnificent piece of engineering and even the bridge uh with the highway is very very cool the um the level of the water if you can turn around over there i don't know if you can see it uh, is really really low um and I'll, I'll post some photos from uh lake mead as well where you can see that the water is really really low so and it cut out on me again you know i am going to rerun it i'm going to rerun it see how far we get with it um that's just kind of aggravating at this point because the chaco canyon one is um longer quite a bit longer and i don't want that one to cut out let me rerun this again just to just to test that hello keepers of the connected universe I'm on top of the humor humor <laughs> yes it's very humorous i'm on top of the hoover dam uh, of course you can't see the dam you can only see the bridge behind me because i'm on top of it so we'll try to do this yeah see <laughs> it's a, a magnificent piece of engineering and even the bridge uh with the highway is very very cool the um the level of the water if you can turn around over there i don't know if you can see it uh, is really really low um and I'll, I'll post some photos from uh lake mead as well where you can see that the water is really really low so yeah and i cut out the same spot so um yeah so that would have to be premiere 
that uh, that did that to me. That is really unfortunate. Um, darn it. So I guess what I have to say is on the Connected Universe portal, I will be posting the full videos. Um, I'll have to because there's not a way for me to go back into the YouTube side and, and add that. So I do apologize for uh, for future YouTube viewers on on that. Um, that's crazy. So that was a Hoover Dam. There was a, a fun moment there looking down the dam um, that was in that video clip. So fun fact, um, Ghost Adventures was not Ghost Adventures, um, Ghost Hunters was just out there. Um, well, I guess they filmed out there last year, but um, they just had an episode on the Hoover Dam. It's supposed to be haunted. Uh, there are uh, people who, who did die during the building of, of this thing. Um, yeah, fantastic feat of engineering, but um, yeah, it was built in the, in the 30s, and yeah, people unfortunately uh, died during the process. And from my understanding, um, there, there may be a body or two within the concrete there, which is, which is why it's haunted. So, all right. So from there, geez, I really hope this place is not going to, I know it's not going to, <laughs> which is really unfortunate, uh, cause there's so much from here and that's Chaco Canyon. Um, I love Chaco Canyon. It is the road to get there. Um, if you're coming from uh, the south and it's uh, New Mexico 57, that it, it's 20 miles. And it is like the longest 20 mile drive of your life. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It's a it's a dirt road um, that is just uh, it's. I think a dirt road is better than, than this road. It's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, you know, and we're driving this in a Chevy cruise and uh, made it though. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, but okay. Chaco Canyon. Um, this is Pueblo Benito and it's the, the place is absolutely huge. Um, we just covered a very small portion of it. I will go ahead and try to play this video clip. Um, at this point, I'm not hopeful that the whole thing will play. Um, but we'll see. Back at Pueblo Benito, this is really one of my favorite historic locations, especially in the United States. A little bit windy out here, I know. Hopefully, the microphone will be all right, but um. Yeah, this is some place that I had always wanted to get out to, if you can believe, originally inspired by the Tex Murphy video games from the 1990s. Um, in one of those, you actually come out to these ruins and uncover some of the secrets. And when I had played that, it was like, oh man, this is a place that I really want to get out to. And finally, three years ago, I was finally able to get out here. Spent about six hours in Chaco Canyon, five of them right here at Pueblo Benito. There are a lot of secrets here to uncover and kind of did that. And um, taking Jin through here today, she's off meditating. Perfect. And, and there it goes, not even a minute into it. Uh, I really apologize for that, guys. I, I'm not sure. I've never, I've never had that issue 
with it before cutting out on the audio like that. So um, that's unfortunate because there are some very cool things um, within that video that I show. I'll I'll try to do it with the with the photos that I have um, uploaded, but I know that some of the photos that I have here tonight don't cover everything. <clears throat> okay, well, this is Pueblo Benito. Um, you know, it's old. Here's the thing: we don't really know who built this place. Um, we call them ancient Pueblans. The old term was Anasazi, which is a, I've come to learn that it's a derogatory term that the Navajo had called these people. So when, you know, white English settlers came in and were like, hey, who are the people that lived here? Oh, those are those Anasazi, which would be like, oh yeah, those are those jerks for, without getting too crass, right? Um, so we've changed it to ancient Pueblans. We don't know who they really were. Now, a number of the different tribes around there claim lineage back to them. The Hopi, the Zuni, several of the others around there say, yes, we have ties back to this location. We have ties back to these people. But we really don't know. Um, this is not a site that they lived at permanently. It was a temporary site that they would come to on occasion. Um, they would come, they would basically, sites aligned to the stars and they were using it for different ceremonies. So they built these, what we call kivas. Now this is what is a quote unquote great kiva. So it's a bigger one, has a lot more features to it. Other ones are much smaller and don't really have a lot inside. And you're going to, because the video clip didn't play, you're going to miss my whole explanation of the hot tub kiva, or the one that I call the hot tub. That's lousy. Um, so, but this is the one at Pueblo Benito. And you, know, you can see in the middle there, it has, we don't, you know, whether it was some sort of fire pit or whatever, we don't know. Uh, you have some other chambers here off to the side. The niches uh, along the edges some people say well, there are idols that were put inside there. Others say, well, these were where uh, logs went into place to you know, create a roof. Some people believe that it was actually domed. Again, we don't know. Um, we just we just really have no idea. But there are a lot of theories. There's a number of petroglyphs here. So why, what were the ceremonial practices that they're coming out here to do? Well, there are petroglyphs in the area that talk about uh, their interactions with the star people. And so the star people essentially came down and interacted uh, with these peoples, passed on knowledge to them. And they used portals to come into this area. So we see the spiral pattern here with the portals. We're going to get to that in a second. Um, so this is one great kiva. This is another great kiva. Um, just past or just before Pueblo Benito. So you can see a little bit different features. And this is the interesting thing. It's like no two of these are exactly alike. So you can see the little niches um, along the edges there, just like the same as Pueblo Benito. 
but the chambers are a little bit different. Like what, what are these uh, on either side? You know, what are these circle structures? One is bigger than the other. You can see in the back there, some circular lids, maybe. Again, we don't know. So interesting structures and configurations. We see one here that's like in the shape of a key. Now, this is also very interesting uh, because we see other keyhole structures around the world, a lot of them in Japan. So, you know, is this a uh, type of shape that was universal? That, okay, we're talking about star people coming and passing on knowledge. Did they pass that knowledge on to several cultures around the world? That seems to be what we see uh, within our ancient texts, uh, like with, with Enki from uh, ancient Sumer, like with, with Osiris from Quetzalcoatl, uh, you know, same type of here's a being that comes to our, to our land, teaches our people some knowledge, and then moves on to another land to, to pass on that knowledge. So it's almost really like the story of the same person. That's why we're seeing you know, a lot of similar structures in different places around the world. You know, very you know, evident. You look at the Step Pyramid of Saqqara, you place it right next to uh, the Pyramid of Chichen Itza, and you're like, wait, this is the same pyramid. You know, so we see a lot of these similarities. The spiral pattern. We see that in a lot of different locations. Here we go. Chaco Canyon. Um, the petroglyphs. We see the spirals on the walls. These are supposed to represent portals. You know, here's a very, very distinct spiral here. And again, we see these all over the world. You know, who's been watching uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch? What do they talk about when it comes to the uh, circular structure? You know, the stone circle on top of the mesa, that it's in a spiral pattern designating a portal. And they've they found other uh, spiral patterns in that area that they say represent portals. Not the guys at Skinwalker Ranch, but the, but the Native American tribes are saying that. You go to the gift shop at Chaco Canyon. You know what you find? Spiral sticker. <laughs> I had to buy that. I absolutely had to buy that. <laughs> um, we find that all over the world. Got some comments coming in down here. Uh, Jeanette Kemp. Uh, yeah, you know, and it all that could be Mercury retrograde, right? Uh, Mercury retrograde killed the uh, video clips. Ah. So, yeah, very, very crazy. Uh, so another interesting thing that that we discovered here at Chaco Canyon, um, when it comes to this keyhole structure, on the um, bottom inside wall is this, it, it, it appears to be black paint. You know, when I first looked at it, I saw blackened mark. I was like, oh, okay, maybe it was a fire. Like maybe this... Uh, the bottom of the keyhole structure here was, you know, like an old fireplace or whatever. But when you look closer, it's not, it's not scorching like you would find 
uh, on rock from uh, from some sort of fire. You know, that's that's pretty obvious. This is more like a black paint. It was the only spot within the keyhole that this was on. Not sure again, you know what why it's there or what it was used for, but some sort of of paint evident there. Um, yeah, so a lot of mystery still uh, to be had there. And one of the you know, pieces of the video clip, and I don't have uh, a photo for this uploaded, uh, but it was in, let's see here. Okay. So in this photo, it's going to be hard to see with this, but essentially straight back there, you, you see all those runes there. In the middle there is actually a kiva that's very tall. And next to it, there's a little doorway. You go through that doorway, down some steps, and they have it gated off. But you can see down into there, it's like a whole underground subterranean chamber that's still in the shape of the circle of the kiva. You have kind of a wide entranceway from the one side into it. But this is basically almost like a giant silo. So... What we're seeing here in these ruins, and there were some when we were in there in Pueblo Benito, we're looking at it, it was like, this is at least three stories. Because this wall here, you can see where the floors were. So some of these were actually quite tall, you know, taller than what we're definitely seeing today. So some of these, you know, and, and they have... Um, you're kind of there at the uh, the gift shop, visitor center and everything. You know, they have some models of what they believe they look like. And they're showing, you know, the kivas with like a basic flat top to it. And it's like, you know, we're seeing evidence here that, you know, some of these were actually a lot taller. So, you know, I don't think that representation is quite right. I don't. I don't know if I believe the whole dome thing because you don't really find, well, we don't, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't excavate the thing, you know, a hundred years ago, but you know, where would be the evidence for the material of what that dome would have been? Hmm. Um, but I believe that they, you know, very well could have been taller because we see, and, I, and again, I wish that video would have played, uh, we see evidence here of some tall buildings and tall kivas. So, you know, these here, um, you know, what we're calling the Great Kiva and some of the others uh, could have been much taller in stature. And again, I apologize, I couldn't show you the hot tub one, uh, which was in the video clip that bombed. So, uh, last one. On our way out, stopped in Amarillo again. But that morning, um, just, you know, for fun, uh, someplace that Jen had always wanted to go to, uh, Cadillac Ranch. So this place was just fun. Very windy there. And he actually said it was a, a moderate day. It's like, okay, <laughs> appreciate that, moderate day. Um, but, yeah, these have been around since 1974. Um, they're stuck in the ground like this. And uh, they didn't paint them back then uh, like they do now. And I, I kind of think that the whole spray paint thing uh, 
pre preserves them from rusting so much. Um, but yeah, it's kind of cool. So they actually sell the spray paint there. You can go out there and, and spray paint if you like. And um, you look at all these old Cadillacs stuck in the ground out there in Amarillo. So uh, quite fun for sure. So, all right. So we're getting down here to, uh, to the last few minutes. I did, I did have a book haul, I, I will say. <laughs> A little bit of a book haul. So I want to show you that real quick. So I do recommend when you go to these types of places, um, you know, pick up some of the literature that's there. It's a lot of good stuff um, to get more in-depth and detail. So um, I think I picked up Roswell, the Chronological, Pictorial, um, you know, a lot of great uh, material on the whole Roswell uh, incident and everything that's come forth out of that since then. Um We've got Montezuma's Castle and Well, as well as Tuzigut. Um, haven't been out to that one. It's a little more off the beaten trail. And both times that I've been through there now, it's kind of like, well, we we need to, you know, we need to get through. But you know, you can see um, you know, some of the different photos here of the area. Um, other one that I picked up, which which also had to do with the castle and the well, and it also has a DVD. Um, those who came before, but this is more of like all of the, uh, the parks there, Southwestern archaeology in the national park system. So this is more all inclusive of, uh, all the American Southwest, not just those couple of spots, but that's where I picked it up at was at the castle. Um, the castle has the nice, uh, visitor center with the gift shop and, and all that stuff. Uh, the well just has a little rangers, uh, station, but I guess Tuzigut has, um, on display some of the different artifacts. So that's a, a reason to get over to there. And then uh, I had to pick up a book on uh, Chaco Canyon. So yeah, a little bit of a book haul, picked up some shirts, magnets, Christmas ornaments, wine. Oh my gosh, came away with, um, it was a five or six bottles of wine. <laughs> came back with a lot of wine. So um in any case, that is going to do it for this evening. Thanks for joining us for the Southwestern, Exploring the Mysterious South American Southwest recap. <laughs> and I do apologize for uh, whatever in the world happened with those clips. So um, I will get those posted to the Connected Universe, Universe Portal, ConnectedUniversePortal.com um, within the next uh, few weeks here. Again, I, I've been saying that about Egypt too, but it will because that is um, you know, part of what Connecting Universe Portal is, is all about. You guys getting that extra information, uh, footage and everything back there. So um, finishing off the book as well. So there's a lot to do in a very short period of time. So all right, everybody, you have a good evening. Till next time, time really exists.